0: here's my question if if social media is the top distribution channel what what's the problem what's the juice for the squeeze factor mike welcome to the black line podcast it can you believe it it it's june
1: 23rd i know it's crazy Time is just uh, flying by.
0: Twenty twenty one's half over. Yep. Twenty twenty one is halfway over. Do you know where your children are? Twenty twenty one is halfway over. Do you know where your performance is? So how, how's twenty twenty one treated you so far?
1: Pretty. I mean, pretty good. Uh, I mean, it, you know, the school. Uh, I mean, I'll continue to say it that the it not being back in school full time was certainly created a significant challenge uh i think for all of us working from home uh obviously you have older kids so you didn't have to deal with the uh with the drama of it but i've got young kids and so that that was probably the biggest headwind i had was uh was that aspect of it
0: how about um, the business how's it been for a business
1: business business is going exceptionally well right now um from due to numerous factors uh so I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the way the first half of the year has uh, has turned out.
0: Mike, for me, I'm going up, going up to the plate. I'm looking for a good pitch, trying to put my A-swing on it, and then I'm going to let what happened happens. There you go. For, for those of you that aren't into baseball, that's what every hitter on a hot streak will say because <clears throat> they do not want to offend the baseball gods. Um, I have never – so we, we've had a great first half of the year. Like I mean, yeah. un- unquestionably, um, exceptional first half of the year. Um, but even on a broad, like outside of us, looking, you know, seeing through um, our customer base, talking to just the community that I talk to, I have never seen a, an environment as just absolutely red hot as as the last six to nine months have been, and and it's it's so weird Do, because of how
1: the previous year was. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, 2020 wasn't bad for
1: us, and for most of no, and yeah, it, it, I mean, you know, the first you know quarter, I mean, of the pandemic, to be a everybody owner. was in panic mode. Yeah, right, exactly. But there's also restaurant owners that learn from this and are going to thrive because of it.
0: I'm just saying, in 2020, I would hate
1: yeah, that. They, right.
0: they, they they may they may thrive because of it, but I think that
1: right,
0: you know, um, yes, yeah, so, so it, it's just like there's so much. There's so much disruption and there's so much out of balance, but for, for like, I mean, I know there's, you know, we've got, you know, there's all the news and this is, you know, technically not an economic show, but I've just never seen like across the board, I've not seen anything, um, just everyone's doing you know so, someone's listening to this right now and we're making them feel really really bad
1: nice, right. <laughs>
0: um and, and, and i don't mean to no it, no it, not at all it, right it, it, i'm i'm really curious to see how it plays out i, I think we are going to see a pullback in the summer i think people are going to disconnect i think there's going to be disruption as people go back to the office um and 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 so as we get through the summer i it, it'll it'll be interesting to see a do we get the pullback that i'm that i'm expecting and then do things, do, do, do things come back. Um, cause you know, the one thing that I've learned too, for all of this talk and conversation about, you know, the world has changed and it's never going back. Um, you know, the truth of the matter is oh, that, it's, that can, it's,
1: it's, it's going back quickly.
0: You know, the, 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 that, the that is United true States. all the time. Right. That is true all the time, but you know, there's, there's, you know, it's amazing how fast, uh, People forget and, and, and yeah, and, and people and go back that.
1: to their you know old habits, etc. I mean, the, it is going to be interesting on, especially in industries that can like the work that you know employees can do it. What's going to be the shakeup of people having to go back into the office? I think, I think, think you're going to. I I think you're going to have some levels of pushback and um, anxiety and frustration. I mean, you think about kids that graduated in, you know, 2020, I mean, you know, the, the, their professional life has been virtual at this, to this, anybody that got hired has been virtual to this point. They've been a year and a half in and, you know, the, anybody that graduated in, in the, not that the numbers are probably huge, but well, I mean, it's probably pretty significant, but people that graduated in December and got a job in January and for the past year and a half, they've been completely virtual.
0: Yeah, I I think that. I think that it's going to, you're going to see radical differences in cohorts. Um, so I think, I, you know, I think the 20s are, are, are going to be far more likely to want to be back in an office. Um, I mean, hell, that is, there, there's so much about that, that, that you know, you, you go to school, that's your social group. You go to college, that's your social group. You get a job, that becomes your social group you and, and and not just the, again not just the people that you work with but the people that are friends with the people that you work with right, right. That, yep. that's Absolutely. where then yep. then then you get married then your kids sign up for sports or or theater or music and whichever one they sign up for uh, the parents of that group become your your cohort i mean it's like i you know as i think about you know through the through the pandemic when we went out to eat um eating outside, of course, who do we eat with? We eat with the people that we've been eating with for the past several years that we all coached baseball when, you know, one son was 11, my son was 10 another son was 10. And like, that's still, you know, that, that, that's that group. So, so I think you'll, you'll see that. Um, I think, you know, I think you'll see that demand for that. Um, but I do think it is interesting with, with the, the volume and numbers of people that are quitting and there is, like a little bit of a wake up I think, I think people, you know, even when the economy is good, you still have this feeling of, um, you know, I got to keep my job. I got to keep my job. I got to keep my job. Yeah. And, and, and now that, you know, you know, clearly and unquestionably this idea, can you, you know, all kinds of positions, can they be remote? Like, you know, this, it, it was like, if, if you said that as a developer, a coder developer, you could work remote. Y- you would get almost universal. That, that, that thought would be almost universally condemned. Oh, no, no, no. They, they, they've got to be together. There's, you know, they've got to have creativity. We need this. Um, software moves too fast, right? That, you know, if, if you look at, you know, why did Google build their campus? Why did Apple build their campus? Why did HubSpot? Actually, when, when HubSpot built their brand new building, when they went across the street, um, I forget who I was talking to, but they basically said the reason we did this was for recruiting, right? We needed to have like, wh- why can you get beer at these places? Cause you needed to have something that would cause the people who, you know, and, and remember it was coders want to be at work They're, They want to work whenever they want to work. They're, they'll be there 24 hours a day, so, right? All that. And you had to have the central place. Um, and I remember when, when, you know, March last year and all of a sudden all the offices closed every Software company was like we're gonna we're gonna do our best to maintain our rate of but obviously you know we need to make adjustments et cetera i don't know about you. I think software companies across the board in the last year have increased the rate of shipping have increased the rate oh, of i mean with, with,
1: i mean without a doubt i mean you you've obviously got your junior developers who I think probably need a little bit more um you know, one-to-one time, whiteboarding, those types of situations. But I think you're kind of like your core, your senior folks. I don't know that they ever wanted to go into the office. Like, they, No, they, wanna... they, I
0: think they did, Mike. I think, I, I think there were some that didn't, but that was just the, you know, that was the belief. And that's where, you know, that, that's why there were ping pong tables and all this other stuff. Um but, but you now know that if I'm a developer and I don't want to go into the office, well, guess what? There's 100 people that are going to be looking for me. If I'm yeah. an accountant and I don't want to get in an office. So I, I do think it's going to be um, – it is going to be fascinating. But, hey, we've got uh, Hannah yelling at us. She's saying, come on, guys. We're, we're supposed to – You Also, topic. the other thing you have to
1: remember is, the, is it, depending on the area, the time suck that it is to travel – Get dressed like uh, professionally. Well, let's be honest. Developers
0: never wanted to get dressed to begin
1: with. No, 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 right, absolutely. And there's certain developers that are like, you know, hey, if I can't wear shorts and a t-shirt to work, then you know, that's that's not the right environment for me.
0: Yeah, my question is why? Like, I'm seeing all these people that are beginning to go back to the office. They're showing that they're you know back in their business attire. My question is really like does does the location mean that? You, you know what I mean? Like, like why, why well, that, does that's, one I change is part like,
1: change? Right. I, I totally, totally agree with you. All right.
0: Let, 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 let's, move to our, uh, let's move to our focus today. All righty. We got a streak going um, on the state of the state of state of reports. Um, I told you there's cow, billions think, of results. I think I'm going to be able to, to write a state of. The state of reports. Uh, by the way, as a side note, and we may review this report. Uh, you know, HubSpot came out with their 2021 state of marketing report, and I think the way it was promoted, and it might even be named this, not another state of marketing report. So it's very clear that our point um, is 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 getting across. So today we are reading. Um, where we're we're going to talk about Vidyard's um, benchmark report. So in, so in fairness, this is a benchmark report. It's not a. State of officially, but um, in some of their promotion, it's referred to as state of, and it kind of fills that uh, it, it, it 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 fills that hole. So, Mike, what do you think?
1: Interesting report. I mean, obviously, I think over from twenty nineteen to twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one. I mean, it's kind of a no brainer that you're going to see a significant increase in video creation for for multiple reasons. One being obviously the pandemic. Two, I think access to uh, Recording equipment and learning how to, uh, being able to create short videos, quick videos, um, ha- has just gotten significantly easier due to, due to technology. Um, and so obviously, you know, the, there's been a huge jump in uh, adoption as well as creation.
0: All right, what did you find interesting? You, what, what insights did you pull from the report?
1: I mean, the, I mean, kind of the, 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 the volume um, of emails was 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 quite interesting. Um, sorry, the volume
0: of emails or the volume of video? Oh, I'm
1: sorry, the volume of, 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 of video, like average number of all videos per company by industry, 583 in high tech, 490 in financial services. Um, this chart was, you know, average videos created by industry. And I don't know, I, I thought it was... Interesting. I, I was kind of shocked that real estate wasn't higher up. Um, in fact, real estate was, it, it, as an industry that's defined, was on the was the lowest, uh, where you would think that, that would be potentially one of the highest. Um, as with all of these reports, it would be interesting if you know. I think these were just Vidyard customers that were you that yes, there. So they're not looking at. Uh, you know, people that are uploading videos to YouTube and, you know, kind of your um, kind of folks like that. So they, they just may not, they may not have a significant, uh, they may not have a significant cohort of real estate professionals using Vidyard.
0: Why why do you think, why, why do you pick on real estate as, as being surprised that the number is smaller?
1: I would think in today's day and age, you know, people would want to like, if, if I was selling my house today, I, I would fully expect my agent to do a video walkthrough or some type of 360-degree uh, walkthrough, um, et cetera, so, so that people can browse easier.
0: Okay, so that, that, that that's a good point. Um, that would not be included in these numbers because if you were going to do that, you wouldn't do that with Vidyard. you do that with um, – you know with with those 360
1: you know there there are, there are those apps that, right. that give there, you there, right so that, there are those so anyway. apps but if i was on if i was on a lower end of you know it, it, hey look we live in an expensive area the housing market is absolutely that crazy but in a lot of areas of the country you know budgets may not be very big for real estate agents um, in order to to sell a house so I don't know, Vidyard might be a tool that they could use. Go around, film it with your phone and upload it to Vidyard and go no, after the races. I mean,
0: actually, I think I think Vidyard would be a relatively expensive tool for, for real estate agents to to access. I mean it's it's built more no, as a I mean enterprise. I'm not
1: familiar enough with their with I, their with their price. I'm very familiar. I, yes. just ask me, Mike. But,
0: um, you know, the, the, the other element that, that that picks up here, they talk about this is the first report where they're um, factoring in and separating out their um, their their individual person you know the, i forget what they're calling it and i'm not gonna i'm not i'm not gonna look for it but it's basically their go vidyard video where it enables a user to record a specific video upload and send that um and and so uh, you know they're they're showing like 43 percent of video is user generated which is that's what they mean by user generated yeah um and and so the other element like why and, and this is this is why i hate general benchmarking reports i like i would not refer to this as a benchmarking report i don't think there's any real benchmarking in here um you know high techs the high tech's going to be a high number because a they're a large cohort b that's the you know the standard playbook c they have relatively larger sales teams um and so when and you their sales teams have in, adopted, those videos
1: right you said their, their sales teams have started to adopt uh, or at least cohorts of their and, sales teams have started and, to adopt sending one-to-one video.
0: And, and, and by the way, if, if I were to record that video, you know, if I was going to do the video as my cadence, right, if I'm the real estate agent and I'm doing the 360 video of your home, I'm doing one video. If I'm the salesperson, um, I'm doing, and I'm calling 50 people, or I'm sending, you know, video email messages to 50 people. That's 50 videos. Yeah. Right? Even though all 50 videos are saying the same thing, they're all geared to the same thing. You know, the real estate agent would say one video. The tech salesperson would have 50 videos, and so that would be another reason why I think you see that, that that that, that difference. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, so so I I think a whole lot of this comes down, to, and we're we're not going to go through each aspect of the report like like we have with others. Um. Simply because the numbers are overwhelming, um, there there's a lot of data here. It's kind of left, it left me saying, okay, well well well, what do I do with this? Um, you know, like here's a here's an interesting data point. Approximately seventy five percent of video content created by companies under two hundred employees is user generated, while only forty five percent of the video content created by organizations with more than six hundred employees is user generated. Um, I don't know that that actually. Fits. I, I think. I, I think that um, the, the the you know the difficulty here like the, the, the two things that came out they're they're heavily focused on user generated video, user generated video, and while they don't say this, they they indicate um, this, you know, shorter is better, right? And you you kind of reference that too. And and here's my question: If shorter is better, can someone explain
1: Quibi to me? Yeah.
0: Right. Um, you know, there, there there's a lot of data
1: in here. There's no question. So I so, right. So I mean, kind of like when I read through it, what I what I more or less felt like, knowing who Vidyard is, it was very much kind of like a, I mean, a sure. It was a, 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 obviously a sales piece. It um, supports some FOMO that you should be doing videos. I don't know that I necessarily walked away with anything actionable because, again, I, I, I think where you're going to go with this, or I don't want to put words in your mouth, but the, the whole concept of, you know, engagement and attention spans. And, and I think you brought up a great point before. Attention is fundamentally different than engagement. You might capture my attention and I might, like, look at something real quick from you. But in order for me to engage, I have to give you kind of my full uh, I've got to really dive in. I, I've got to give you my, uh, my full engagement. Uh, I would say full attention, but then uh, I'm kind of uh, speaking over the, the meaning of, of what we've talked about before. So I don't I, like to me, again, I mean, I think I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I walked away from. So here, here's,
0: here's something that I was surprised by. Um, and it, it, it prompts what, what to me is the number one question. So, top video distribution channels based on role. As expected, the locations where video is distributed can differ based on the role within the organization. When looking at the top three video distribution channels by role, the common thread between marketing, sales, and customer service are social media. With over half the world now on social media, it makes sense that all roles within an org share social as the top distribution channel. And so, marketing top distribution channel is website number one, social media number two, YouTube number three. Um, I want somebody needs to answer the question is YouTube social media or is it not social media I keep seeing it used as both um, sales number one this surprised me number one social media number two sales sales prospecting slash conversations number three email. So, so I guess are they talking about this is the other problem with video is what do you mean by video or like is zoom like is when I'm having a one to one live meeting on zoom is that video. Um, cause I'm, I'm confused by what is sales prospecting conversations versus email? Um, and then customer service support number one, social media, number two, training, number three, customer conversations. Um, here's my question. If, if social media is the top distribution channel, what, a, what's the problem, what's the juice for the squeeze factor? Yeah, see that. And, and you know, they, 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 they talk later about analytics and this being a major issue. Um, in 2020, 73% of companies reported that they're using some form of video analytics. This is my favorite line in the whole thing. But the 27% that aren't should rethink that strategy. Um, 65% of marketers and nearly 90% of sales professionals report the importance of accessing video viewing data to qualify leads, engage prospects or influence deals. Those that use intermediate or advanced analytics, typically offered by enterprise video platforms, are much more likely to report the return they're getting from video is report is 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 improving. But I don't think anyone's got a a, a real means of of addressing that. Like I, here here's what I say: I think in the vast majority of cases, if you ask somebody, what's what's the ROI on video, I think the answer would be, what would you like it to be?
1: Yeah,
0: right. Um, I I think that we. I think video is connecting to various activity metrics. Um, now I can tell you, we do something like, I am a big believer in video in the right places. And, I, and I'll share some of the areas where, where, where we see the impact. Um, but my question is, again, what's the Delta? If, you know, if I didn't, we, we talked about this with, with chat versus forms and, you know, chat generates X dollars of, pipeline versus right, forms. right, 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 right. To, to which my question is chat, how
1: much if you didn't have well, chat would they and then people still and by the, way, fill out the form?
0: by the way by the way the, the response is well if they filled out a form they're not being followed up with ever or for an extended period of time it's like oh okay well well versus crappy forms right so so how well will chat do as more and more you see you know I actually filled out a chat I had a question I filled out a chat and I got it was nice. Cause I got it. The, we'll respond to you in three hours. Right. Oh, okay. I thought um,
1: chat was supposed to be the fast lane. I, 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 I,
0: By the way, I got the email way. response about five hours later and I had to remind myself what the question that I asked was. Yeah. Um, so, so anyways, um, but like, you know, what, what is the Delta for video? Where does it, where does it actually make a difference now one place where it makes a difference is if you do video you have to pay more attention to what you're doing to do video and and i can tell you that if you pay more attention to what you're doing you'll do it better and you will produce more results so now by the way if doing video is what is the forcing factor to make you pay more attention to what you're doing then it might be worth it but you know, in essence,
1: you, you, video you, is the. You should new... already be right. You should, right. but you should also be paying attention to to, to what you're doing, anyway. So, and,
0: and I'll tell you, I still think that you know it, it's funny because I'm both a huge fan and a detractor of. Um, I still think so much of the base of video. Well, oh, I'm sure Let me back up. Part of the issue we have is we have groups of people that are adopting a tactic that has been deemed to be hot, where they're excited about it they're focusing more resources and one of the things i've learned is when you ask somebody are you getting a return on the effort the answer is yes until it hits an inflection point when they stop doing it right and if you were to ask them you know every day for the 3 years before they stop you know are you seeing better results as it contribute is it contributing is it contributing you'll probably see a higher you know yes than no until again, until it hits that critical mass. So yeah, when you get surveys, you know, you, you, you build these self-fulfilling elements, right? And then you start looking at, well, as more people are adopting, then you use that as the reference for, see, I'm doing the right thing because more people are adopting. And, and you know, some of this goes back to when video was first coming out on Facebook, and the Facebook numbers that were reported were just astronomical about engagement, conversion roi it was just insane and then it turned out facebook was live like flat out flat out 100 percent yeah
1: no, making up numbers. Friday, right yep
0: like just like and i don't mean exaggerating i mean making it up right mm-hmm. um but that led the you know the seed of you know and i still see you know pe- you know people on average are are watching you know 12 hours of video a day by the way they count netflix television
1: as in part that, of that, right, in that and, same cohort.
0: And, and, and it's growing at 63% per year or some instant. And I'm like, well, okay, that means in a couple of years,
1: we're going to be doing nothing one. but watching. Well, we're
0: going to spend more than 24 hours a day watching right, video, right? right? So, right, so, you, right. so you run into these places. So like, so what we do, like one of the key measurements that we have is we measure capacity, right? How many accounts can we handle? Um, how much time is... You know, so, so, you know, where, where does that delta occur? I I think that, um, you know, people who watch video are far more likely to buy. Yeah, right. Are they far more likely to buy because they watch video? Well, you remember we had that conversation with Gabe. Yeah, right, right. Right.
1: Yep.
0: Right. You know, if I'm, if I'm likely to buy from you, then, then I'm likely to watch your video. Right. So, so so you run into these places,
1: it's it's self-fulfilling. Right. Right. And,
0: and, and so what, what I would love to see, and, and, and I, you know, you, you nailed it. You've got, you've got a population here. The problem with this, the problem with so much of these reports is, you know, this is good because at least I believe it's, it's source data, right? It's not survey. There's a little bit of survey, but most of it's source data, but it's source data all from an enterprise video platform. So of course you're going to be predisposed to, um, There are other, like, I'd I'd be really interested to see what Wistia's numbers are, because I see that Vidyard appeals typically more to the sales-oriented enterprise, Wistia appeals more to the um, marketing-oriented SMB. They both address the full scheme, but that's kind of where their place and positioning comes from. Uh, you, you know, Vimeo has now gotten more serious, you've got that, but that tends to be a little bit old, older school, and then you still have this whole population of, you know, we had a client yesterday that we were talking about doing video for and they're like, well, where would I post it, you know, where would I share it, right, and, and before anybody makes fun of this company, this person's making more money than probably all of us listening combined, like this person is doing, they've, they've got a business that's doing extraordinarily well. Right. So well, I, I mean, I think
1: probably there's a significant number of businesses that don't know where where do I post it? How do I promote it? You know?
0: Uh, right. And 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 so I would really like to see something that really begins to 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 actually benchmark into um, into segments, and then really beginning to tie it in in, in into what are those outcomes? And you know, like the time has really come for modern demand gen, real benchmarking. Pete, if you're listening, the time has come for real, honest benchmarking, not this general um, cohort so wide and large that, that it, you know, it becomes meaningless. You know, benchmarking has to have comparables of data quality, uh, context, objectives, etc. Um, so so I still, you know. Well, again, I'm, that's why I mean,
1: back to that point, I mean, that's kind of why I read this and I felt like it, it was just a longer sales brochure that that is ultimately and it's look I get it they're, they're trying to put together a p- good piece of content but I felt like it was a sales brochure that made me after I read it kind of feel like wow I need to be doing you know the, the initial thought for probably most people that that, that have challenges with their uh, echo chamber or with their uh w- w- with what they read is they're influenced by this and they can't think for themselves? And then I looked at this and I, again, to me, it was more like a FOMO type thing. Um, so, so oh, you wow, know, everybody else is doing video, so I need to do video. It's the same thing with chat. Like everybody else is doing chat, so now I need to do chat. You, and it's you know that what? Echo chamber in that it, it, it is kind of that sales posture. In
0: in 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 fairness, um, where this report I think is useful, if you're. If you're a marketing or sales leader
1: and you want to embrace video video and you need to support you like you need to you need to demonstrate that that this is without a doubt. um, Without a doubt. And and and
0: and I think it is fairer to say that a couple years ago, if you were doing this, you were ahead. Um and and I don't know that we're there yet. Though in, in tech we are. Um and in some industries we are. That now, if we're not there, we're behind. And and look, like I, I still remember, like multifamily. I remember I was watching a panel of of COOs, and they, you know, how can marketing earn? How can marketing influence COOs? And COOs are the people who lead multifamily uh, companies. <clears throat> and the person said, "Look, the problem is marketing comes in all the time and tells me how to get ahead of my competition. And and there's no real benefit to be ahead of my competition. Now, if you want to get my attention." Tell me where I'm behind this one, this one, or this one. Who are my direct competitors, right? Don't tell me that I can jump ahead of them. Tell me where I'm falling behind, right? And, and so I do think that is yeah, a
1: interesting, right?
0: And and look, because because again, in multifamily, for a whole bunch of different reasons, the the, the payoff to be first isn't all that large. But if mm-hmm. if it becomes normal and you're not there, that's when it can begin, um, you know, to, to, to be dangerous. So, well, it's. Um, by the way, Mike, the uh, the Nats gave up a uh, grand slam home run, so I had to turn it off after they tied it up.
1: Uh, it's Two nine out. to f- nine, nine to five right now. Top of the yeah. Six. Yeah. First and yeah. second, one out, and Zimmerman's out. So there's your there recap. There you go. There you
0: go. Already for those of you listening, three years from now, I'm wondering what the hell are they talking about. Sure. righty. so hey, believe it or not, Mike, we get to go to the question of the podcast today. We actually get to cover a question, Hannah. Hmm. Awesome hmm oh yeah
1: how's everybody doing all right this is a question i've wanted to ask for a long time what is the most important thing you can do to prepare for a sales call interesting um well again it's a very generalized question depending on who i'm speaking with is this a first time call second time call closing call um although i don't ever think there's truly a, a a closing call but um I don't know. It's, again, to me, it's, Doug, why don't you start off this time?
0: Hannah, repeat the question.
1: Yeah. So, question is: What is the most important thing you can do to prepare for a sales call?
0: What is the most important thing you can prepare to uh, prepare for a sales call? Prayer. I would say. Um, I would say prayer. Say a prayer. Prayer. Yes, that, that's what. Artie, And also in all in all, um, in all seriousness, uh, the what's your objective? Be clear on your objective why are you making the call um how is the call so you would say the that's the
1: number one that's the number one thing
0: yeah be real clear on why you're making the call and and again this is why this could be um an initial call when you're when you're making you know, that, that your that's calls. true okay yeah so what what, could, what is your but it goal? could also be um, right it could also be the third meeting that you're having with you know 17 people are going to be at the meeting you know i, I i'm going to say uh, and my team gets hired hearing this. Don't, don't hold meetings. Hire yep. me. What, what's the job that's being done? What, what's, what's the objective? So, so here's, so the way I would do that is if you finish the meeting, um, how would you know that the call was successful? If you finish the call, how would you know the call is successful? Um, so when I'm making a first call to somebody, how do I know the call is successful? I will learn something new about them, and they will agree to do something. And I
1: think you, I think what you used to do, which I, which I thought was uh, a very interesting approach, and you've written about this before, is meaningful conversations. Yeah. That's... As a way of, as a way of looking at um, goal structure. So, so yes, goal. What is your objective goal of a call? Um, two would be. In the back of your mind, whether you decide to write it down or not, have a have somewhat of a prepared agenda that you address with the prospect or customer at the beginning, so that you're kind of everybody's in alignment. That when we walk away from today, well, somebody everybody gains something from from investing their time.
0: Mike, is this your way of saying Doug, you were right without saying Doug, you're right without saying? No, Doug, Doug, no,
1: no, no. I'm I'm saying agenda agenda. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not pussyfooting around it. I mean, yes, goal or objective is important. I think an agenda is important. Um,
0: well, the question it, was, what's the most important?
1: Oh, I, okay. What? Okay. The I'm most kidding, important. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but
0: but here, here's the thing, right? If you, and I see this happen all the time. If you put the agenda together, and, and, and I'm going to say the goal goal of the meeting and objective are close, but they're not the same thing. What's the why? What am I hiring this meeting to do? Mm-hmm. What, what role is this meeting playing? If you're not clear on how will I know this meeting is successful? And I've seen people do this all the time. They're vague on that. Um, or they have multiple. Or they don't answer that question clearly. And they go right they to the agenda. They don't think
1: about it up front. Right. Uh, they, go, right. They,
0: you know, they put an agenda together. Well, if you put an agenda together and you haven't thought clearly about what role is this meeting, your, your agenda is not going to be particularly effective. And, and what's interesting is when you're clear on why are you having the meeting, putting the agenda together is 10 times easier. Yeah. Right. Because it almost sets the agenda for you. And, and, and I think, you know, when, when we run meetings with clients, so when we're brought in um, to, you know, facilitate a conversation or something like that, the first question we ask is when we're done, and, and by the way, we'll do this sometimes, we're, we're in for an all day session. Right. So we come in, first question we ask going around the room is it's five o'clock we're all a little bit tired we're all a little bit hoarse we're done we're leaving how does each one of you know that that today was worthwhile that today was successful how will you know and everyone goes around and we make everyone give an answer right and and i'll tell you when we get an answer to that to that question versus if we don't ask that question the difference in the outcomes the difference in the process the difference in where meetings and 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 things get stuck it's 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 a, it's a totally different meeting. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're making a cold call, I, I see this happen all the time. Um, you well a, because, you know, you're not ready for them to even answer the call. Right. But then you start having a good call and because you're not clear on what your objective was, where, you know, what that end point was, what what are you trying to achieve that you actually go too far. I, th- I think more opportunities are lost. I call it, you get stuck between exit rates. Right, you're running out of gas. You know, you y- you hit one objective, right? But you didn't get far enough to the to to, to be at the next one, and so it kind of dies in between. And if you had ended the meeting earlier, if you had ended the call earlier, you would have had clear next steps. There would have been momentum to it. There would have been right. But because you lack that clarity for why you were doing something, you know, there's an old phrase and you know old philosophy in sales that you know once. Once the prospect says yes, shut up, right? Um, when you ask your mom and dad, kids get this, right? When kids kids know what they want when they talk to mom and dad, right? And once they get what they want, they're out of it, right?
1: They're, they're they're not they're not digging for the next thing, right? Right. Well, I, you you haven't met my youngest because as soon as you say yes to one thing, it's uh, hey, well, what about this? What about that? What about yeah? Those? But
0: you'll see, but you'll see, especially like when he really wants something. Especially yeah. like something that you've said no to, or something that he knows that you're usually right. But um, when 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 you're in fuller meetings, like you know, what are we accomplishing here? And, and I've seen people come in. Well, I'm delivering my proposal. Okay, wow, that's not a very high value. You know what 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 has to happen in the delivery of the proposal? How is this beneficial? You know, again, it's how is this successful for both people? Um, you know, well, that's, tough- what,
1: that, that's what I was getting at going after with the agendas. How is this successful for, you know, right. how are we going to walk right. away from today and, and, and everybody's going to feel like this was a valuable use of their time? And I, as the initiator of that, of that meeting, I need to be thinking about that up front.
0: Right, but what? so I, I think agendas are valuable. I think agendas are very valuable. Um, But I think that you can do an agenda... Without being really, really clear on what, yeah, no, with, on, without a on doubt,
1: one hundred percent, absolutely, and that's also where business acumen comes into play, where you can shift and based off of other experiences that you've had, you hear one thing, and then you, customer says or prospect so, says one thing, and then you can switch a little bit of, of what the agenda was.
0: So, so that's a, so we we bring in business acumen, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna share where where maybe. Like it it begins to come in. I mean, to me, business acumen is a measurement, like good judgment is is a part of business acumen. So
1: mm-hmm. there's a
0: tech, but but that's not the technical element of business acumen. Um I've seen people shift when if if we're thinking about it from a sales standpoint, because remember, we're not just looking to create value. And and this is where the well create value. It sounds really good, but it doesn't get anywhere because we're not, if I'm writing a book, I'm I'm working to create value. If I'm on a sales call, I'm looking to influence. I'm looking to, I'm yep. looking to get movement. You know, so, so, I, 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 I can create value and create no movement from a sales. Right. Perspective. Okay,
1: so okay. great point. So I mean, well, hold on, I, let me look, finish. We're saying this. I think we're saying the same thing. No, we're like, saying something. No, we're, about, well, I, I used the wrong terminology. So yes, I agree with you. Well, what hold, can I do to influence this?
0: No, hold, no, I, I, what, what I'm saying is that if you're not clear and i know i know we agree here but on on that both are important but what i'm saying is if you're not clear on the role of the meeting and what you're trying to get done then you'll be more likely to zig or zag in the wrong direction because you'll be you know a ship without a rudder if you will right whereas when i know where i want to go right and i face resistance Do I tack away from the resistance, right? Do I change things to move away from the resistance? Or is this the, are, are, you know, is, are these the, you know, the waves that I need to get through to get to, to, to get to that point that I want to go to, because I need to get from here. Like a lot of times I'm like, my goal in this meeting is, and it just happened today where, where the main contact who wants to do something, their CEO. Well, I'm not sure we're ready for this. You know, a whole, you know she wanted me to talk because, hey, this, you know, I said to her, I'm happy to talk to him. And my goal in this meeting was I wanted him to understand where there was a problem in his current approach and why what we were talking about was a different tack to, to open up. And sure enough, we shifted him. I knew he had a time limit. I did have to do a little zig and zag. But because I knew where it was, I hit the element. I'm like, Mr. Prospect, how about I circle back here? I'm going to pull this, and then we'll regroup, right? I knew to do that. By the way, did I cover every one of my agenda items necessarily? No, no, no I, didn't. I didn't. No, no. But did didn't. I get That's to my true. objective, right? right? Yeah. And then the last element I'll get, and I'll give you the last word, but the last element I'll say is, if I have an agenda and not a clear why, the, the, the outcome of the meeting is up in the air. If I have a clear why and I lack an agenda, I'll I'll still probably be okay. It's best to have both. Correct. Yep. Yep. It's best to have both. But I think, you know and I think that and I think that given the nature of this question, I think people answer the why fast and then spend a lot of time thinking about the agenda. And I
1: would say where they should flip it where if
0: you should be spending 90% of your time thinking about the why.
1: Why and then 10% on the agenda. Right, because totally, if the totally agenda
0: agree. is at all hard for you to figure out, it's a pretty good bet that the why is not clear. How about
1: that? So uh, uh, the last, last point I'll make on this um, because I clearly wasn't doing a good job of, of of listening to Hannah's question because I didn't hear the question the way that I should have. I thought she was saying, what are the elements you should prepare which is a whole nother story than what is the element what is the key element that you should prepare so i'll let i i I will i will say that i'm in full agreement takeaway from today mike uh you know again back to these benchmark reports and it it, you know i don't want to say be weary of them and i could i know we're going to keep i know we're going to keep Looking at them and trying to learn from them and see what we can pick out of them, um, but I, I I think you you read them with some skepticism or at least trying to understand where they're you know don't let all of your decisions be informed by these benchmark reports because we see it all too often you know people will 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 look for silver bullets and I think that's what a lot of these benchmark reports are trying to provide is these types of silver silver bullet. Answers.
0: And, and I'm going to follow kind of in line with that, um, play your game. You know, when, when, when I started Imagine, we, we worked more with individuals um, and entrepreneurs of small businesses, and mm-hmm. our first element was a process that we went through called defining your game. And, you know, I, I, I always say, you know, games work because of their rules. And there's actually a lot of really interesting data now um, and, and research into um, th- this idea of gamification and, and re- where rules play come, come to play into it. But I say, you know, you know, imagine how crazy golf would be if um, if there weren't rules, right? And and so I'm I I drive off of the third green. I'm sorry, I drive off of the third uh, T. tee, right? And I'm going to be more likely than not to to my next shot will be a chip shot to the 17th. Right. Why? Well, Because I'm not particularly good at golf, Mike. And so my shot off the third is going to go off course and I'm probably going to be a lot closer to the 17th hole than I will be to the third hole. And so if the rules weren't um, weren't clearly articulated, then I wouldn't know what to do. Right. And so I think in this FOMO world where things are insane and crazy and all that, if you don't know what your game is, then all this stuff will will overwhelm you. Because I'll tell you, I started reading the report and I was overwhelmed by it. Um, And as you dial that in, right, as you dial your game in, that's what opens up opportunities. So play your game.
1: Love it. Thank you for sharing that, that story.
0: That will do it for this edition of the Black Line Podcast.